holy swearing cuss this is best pictures the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive i'm cody lunsford and i'm joined as always by i'm chad the cuss you are the cuss am i are, are you cussing with me no you cussing with me don't cuss in front of me you're gonna cuss somebody. You're not gonna cuss with me. You're not gonna cuss with me. And I'm Mark. So on this show, <laughs> so on this show, as you probably know by now, we each pick our favorite year. We pick our favorite movie for every year. We pick we've our favorite alive. year we've been alive. I I'm still a fan of seven years old. That. I have not fixed that in the document yet. Uh, you know what, Cody? Let's take the step. Let's fix that in the document right now. Let's do it right <laughs> read now. the script. I will We've do it. We've read it like 70 times now. Well, I know. Cody, while you're doing that, Chad, what was your favorite year that you've been alive? Oh, gosh. Um, Don't say 2020. That's not that's not allowed. Pre-2009, pre for sure, because that was the divorce year. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, that really limits things, huh? Yeah. I want to say maybe 2004. It was a pretty good year. Yeah. Okay. I really like 2014. That's weird. I was also thinking about saying 2014. 2014 was pretty go good. With 2012, though. For all three of us, 2014 was like the middle of college, and we're uh-huh. like getting in the swing of things and getting comfortable we with ourselves. Even thought about Trump yet? Right. Right. Godzilla was in theaters. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it, so I was fine. Guardians of the Galaxy came I out. That was that was a yeah. fun time. I liked that movie. Um, 2014 the summer stands out for me for some reason hmm. so that was a good year uh, okay. yeah not bad not a bad year i don't think yeah oh, i think i know why it stands out for fucking cody <laughs> wink 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 i don't know should i know something i mean i probably shouldn't know this <laughs> um you know you, Chad. It, it's when a boy became a man <laughs> Oh, was that the year of your bar mitzvah? Yes. Yeah, that was cool. my he turned 13 in 2014. <laughs> I was born in 2001. Um, so on this podcast, as you definitely can tell, we each pick our favorite movie for every year we've been alive. We also talk about what the Oscars picked for the best movie of a particular year. Um, and sometimes we talk about other movies. But today on Best Pictures, we're talking about Mark's choice for 2009. And believe yep. it or not, he it's chose good. a movie that features George Clooney running heist with a ragtag crew. Uh-huh. Before we get into that movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox, let's talk about what we saw at the Megaplex or Ooh. the plane. Chad, <laughs> what did you see? Yeah, I went onto an airplane. Yeah, he I saw this on the big Megaplex in the sky. I saw it on my iPad. Oh. Um uh, HBO Max allows you to download films. I, I was visiting my family for the first time in 15 months because we live in a nightmare. And finally, enough people got vaccinated in my family that it was like, yeah, it makes sense to go now. It's ironic that you um, bring up living in a nightmare because I feel like Mark's going to talk about that with his movie a lot. But you're talking about it with just an N, right? Not a KN. R- correct. And right. uh, th- that nightmare uh Uh could also be found on hbo max so it could be confusing but i'm talking about uh, the king of staten island which is a movie that came out early quarantine like probably uh march 2020 it was 2020 one of the first of the universal deals where they shuttered it to pvod like uh it was trolls and then it was this which is if we want to talk about film rights for a second which you know that i loved 
to. Sure. It's confusing that this is on HBO Max and not Peacock, but I think it's because there was an existing yeah. Universal deal with HBO that they mm. haven't gotten out of completely, which is dumb. Gosh. These streaming wars, when everything, when the dust finally settles and everything just is where it makes sense to be. Yes. I can't wait for that day. It's going to feel logical and nice, but mm-hmm. I, because I know production companies, mm-hmm. will think about a certain movie and I'm like, surely it's streaming on this. And it's not. And it's yeah, confusing. because but, it is some like, oh, Showtime has the rights for however long. Why are all the Harry streaming. Potter movies on Peacock? It's that kind of thing. It must be tied in with a the theme park somehow. It, it was. I, I yeah, no there idea. was a yeah. it, it actually was like a deal for like the USA channel. Like there's all kinds of weird things for it anyway. Weird. Um, um, but the probably King not Zen... USA. Those movies are Brit- oh, <laughs> British. No, you're right. No, I think that USA Network bought the TV rights from ABC Family. Yes. Like there, a really big deal. It, it may not be USA exactly, but it but was like one, one of, of the, the universal. Yeah. One of the universal Viacom channels. Anyway, okay. <laughs> this movie. But the King of Staten Island, it's uh, you know, Pete Davidson is in it. Judd Apatow directs. Uh, Pete Davidson, Judd Apatow, and someone else co-wrote it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who the third person is, but I feel like it was someone else who was like a big name. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I don't remember. But it was a good movie. Um, Bill Burr is also in it. He plays like sort of this uh, guy who's dating Pete Davidson's mom, and that's always fun. Yeah. I, I love... I think one of the things this movie did best was like the costume department for Bill Burr's character. Cause he is just like the epitome of like the middle-aged guy who starts dating your mom and he puts on the nice shirt. Like they got that nice shirt down um, <laughs> perfectly. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a good movie. It's uh, funny. Uh, it's yeah. also very emotional as you expect from a Judd Apatow flick. I don't know. It's, uh, it's good. Cody, you saw it a while back, right? Yeah. Um, But by the way, it's it's I think Dave serious and he's not really serious anything else. He's like a I think uh, he wrote like Triumph, the insult comic dog and wrote on SNL, Uh, which is probably where Pete Davidson knows him from. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Yeah, I really like the movie a lot. I think it's a pretty like well cast movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Marissa Tomei is great. Yeah. yeah, I you know if you were giving like a casting award, like yeah. that, that they kind of cast really good people in this, which Apatow's uh, pretty good at. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I it does from what I remember have a bit of the Apatow problem where the movie probably could stand to lose 20, 25 minutes. Um, yeah, which I always tend to push back on that argument. Not always. Sometimes if a movie isn't engaging, that's the problem. But if you're sure. like, if you're spending time in scenes that are delightful to watch, they just don't directly apply to like a plot. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. And that to me, that was the case with this movie where like I was I was constantly delighted because I like spending time with these characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Movies like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, everyone a lot of people were talking about like, oh, you could cut this and cut this and cut this. And my response was always, but why would you? I like that. I would. Please please don't make us debate Tarantino again. We just did an hour. (laughs) We we did that. And you can listen to that. Uh, Just click back on our feed a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. If this is your first time. Just hit rewind a bunch. (laughs) yeah that's how it works and then download another episode (laughs) i just think that um 
there I, I don't know that there there were a couple times where I was like I feel like we got it but it's still it's still good um yeah I think Pete Davidson's I was very impressed with him in it I yeah. I want to see him be in more things well, I think he's, he's actually a pretty solid actor the Suicide Squad he is. And I think he's going to squad. die very early. Very that early. <laughs> that is what the, it seems to be based there, on. Trailers. There's that shot of like a group of people like walking in front of the American flag. Yeah. And my prediction is every single one of those people dies. Like it's not every single one of them because you see several of them later. Because mm-hmm. um, I think Idris is a part of that original crew, and then the polka dot oh, okay. man is a part of that crew, and you definitely see him later. But mm-hmm. more than half of those care, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, Pete and I think we get some Lula kind of a Deadpool and... 2 X Force team dying type sequence. But the rumor I have heard of that movie is there is Suicide Squad one gets sent somewhere to handle something things go bad they send in the second wave of suicide squad to go get them out is basically and pete davidson is in team one group one seems like yeah but yeah back to him as an actor like he he really impressed me in this movie too like he really showed Mm -hmm. his chops like i always thought of him as like being very limited in what he can do and to a certain extent i think that's still true i think you still kind of have to type cast him as a type but he can bring more to that type than i think i previously gave him credit for i I don't know if it's uh you're not giving him enough credit or he's grown and developed as an actor i think it's very well because even on snl when he first started he kind of was Mm -hmm. one note he kind of was only doing playing himself Mm -hmm. he has gotten very good at certain characters now Mm -hmm. there's still a certain type of characters because that is often what SNL is good at is recognizing yeah. one strength and then kind of utilizing it. But I think he's way better on SNL now. Like his Grinch sketch. Yeah, I was going to bring that one up. I, I don't. I don't think he could have done that his first season there. No, but I now, don't. And he's yeah, so funny. He was, he was funny. He's always Grinch. playing weird stuff. But I mean, does my out of left field? cast him for ben Grimm thing does it is it starting to work a little more for you now yeah so um i was never when, when you told me you wanted to cast pete davidson in the fantastic four as ben Grimm yeah. slash the thing um is it it is it just thing it's the cleaner? thing he is I the thought thing. it was the thing yeah yeah um he's not hulk hulk uh, hulk can be hulk right but, but the, the thing, thing is always yeah. the thing okay yeah yeah um yeah, I think that's fun casting. I, I'm into that. Yeah, because he's got to be somewhat good looking, and you know that there are girls who are out of their mind, and girls and boys who are out of their mind gaga for Pete. Um, I would love, and I mean this sincerely, if they got Dwayne Johnson to play the thing, just because his name is The Rock, and that just makes me—he's too laugh. old. You keep he's too old, and he's too like naturally muscular. He's Black Adam. That is yeah. the only person <laughs> we we stand Black I, Adam. First of all, I think it's just Adam, and second of all, he's not black. <laughs> no, it definitely is Black Adam. We got Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate. <laughs> We're yeah, all fine. in on Black Adam. All right. Yeah, it's fine. So The Rock's busy and he's on a jungle cruise. 
hey, to be fair, they filmed that like seven, seven years ago such, at this point. Such a long time. I honestly feel like I'm in line for Jungle Cruise because I've been standing here for forever. The thing Cody, is, is there a long line for Jungle Cruise normally? Sometimes. Uh, yeah, there is a sometimes. Disneyland, yeah. Yeah. It, it wraps around. I, I waited in line for like 45 minutes and then I heard a guy tell some bad jokes on a boat. It was okay. That's the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Um. It has been so long that if Jungle Cruise had come out when it was supposed to be, like they probably would have started filming the sequel this fall. Like, it's almost been that long. So you're assuming it's going to be a hit. I don't know that I People, am. word on the street is it's pretty solid. It, it's very Pirates of the Caribbean-esque. Yeah. Not quite that fun. I mean, that, that movie... It's well documented that we all love that movie. So the, not everyone has the singular vision of Gore Verbinski. Hmm. Uh, you know. Greatest living filmmaker? I think we <laughs> yeah, can all agree. That's what chats. Uh, let's How well documented on. is it that we all love Pirates of the Caribbean? Because we did all vote against it for But we all voted for, for like no country for, for old men or something. <laughs> like yeah, I, for nine years in a row, I think we all voted. And for it, it took the greatest movie of our lifetime so far to dethrone it. So it's got swords. It was, beat Titanic. Swords. It, it dethroned Titanic, Titanic, literally. Hey, speaking of the greatest living filmmakers, Mark, you want to talk about your megaphone? <laughs> yes, I would love to. Um, we have entered the sp- the Snyderverse. <laughs> yeah. Um, did Snyderverse or Spiderverse come first? It was definitely Spiderverse, Spider-verse. right? Okay. Spiderverse has been yeah. around for a minute, yeah. But the term Snyderverse existed before the spider-verse movie maybe before the movie but probably i think like batman versus superman people started talking about like the snyder verse of dc i think it was like back in 2016 but i think that they just called it like the dc universe before i think mark is right i think i think snyder verse is actually a fairly recent thing because they were so focused on the snyder well hashtag restore the snyder verse certainly is a new thing look and i am maybe on board of let the snyder verse exist in its own pocket dimension that is also allows for the rest of the universe to to theaters because it won't make any fucking money (laughs) well if only there was a way to stream it directly to my couch where i can (laughs) sit for four hours and watch these movies the 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 weird thing about the the justice league Um, hold on can i say first that i watched we're discussing now the (laughs) this the zach snyder cut of justice league we're watching zach Zach snyder's justice league did you watch justice is gray no. Or were you a fucking poser? <laughs> I, um, I gotta I, watch Justice is Gray now. You gotta watch Justice is Gray. Yeah, I forgot that they released that. Yeah, I've been watching it. Off For and listeners on. that don't know, Justice is Gray is the black and white the, version. The black and white version, which is um, the Snyder like cut. not black or white. It's just gray, right? Um, in as fact, as is Justice. As yeah. is Justice, as we all know in our justice system, what, like there are two options: guilty, innocent, or like you know, you, it's kind of in the middle. Um, and that's why we have house arrest. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's what we do to rich people. What does justice is gray even mean in context of know. the Justice League? That's the thing, Cody. It literally mean? means that this movie is gray and has no color. That's literally okay. what I mean. Means. Yeah, you're that's right, so but it's, it's like that's not man. what the movie's about. No, at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> like the Avengers, like in yeah. 2012, Disney's Marvels, the Avengers, they yeah. avenge the death of Coulson. Right, yeah. right. Which what? they kind of put in in a 
backwards way to come up with the name of Avengers, yeah, which but still is, they do it. They mm-hmm. do it. And I kind of like that. Yeah. In Justice League, even in Zack Snyder's Justice League, they do form a league. Not interested in justice, though. There's they're no like, real care about justice. They're interested they in defending the justice universe. Justice League in the movie, though. I don't think they even say the word they, league unless in, in the Aquaman is talking about distances. In the epilogue, I think when they're like making the or talking about the plans for the table, I think there's like a flag that says JL on it or Justice League on it. I think that that's. Uh, that is in the thing because he was Isn't building the hall of justice yeah okay again what justice uh-huh well it dawned in the last movie it I, I suppose it dawned and now there's a league of it um but okay because yeah, it's not All... even justice they're they're just protecting it's not like yeah. they like caught criminals truly the steppenwall's not a criminal steppenwall like, hasn't a done anything wrong yet not really well he, well, he did kill he a bunch a of, lot of amazonians <laughs> but but it's yeah. just like he's an alien invader he hasn't like done a crime like it, yeah. yes that's bad but it's not like there's a law you know they what don't I mean? like... Like, he didn't do a crime because we don't have a law in place yeah. that says aliens can't we maybe should create that law Look, call your maybe, senators it's maybe on us that we don't have that law yet it's gonna bite us in the ass for sure yeah really should have thought that one through but because you never know what 25th on the call sheet character actor will end up being martian manhunter and you'll have to do- did you guys know that that guy is in man of steel and batman v superman so the idea is that it's a twist that martian manhunter was that guy the whole time but do you Wait. Re- yes Yes. Who, who so, does he, who, what? so when Martian Manhunter comes out and was Ma Kent and he yeah. turns into Martian Manhunter and then he turns in and he's like an older African-American like general. He was in those two movies. Yes. <laughs> oh, OK. And that's the actor that actually plays Martian Manhunter. Yes. Okay. I'm going to be honest for a lot of the epilogue. I was on my phone. So well, I, this I was saw in him the middle. Also, for a lot of the middle, I was on my phone. I was on my phone for a solid two hours of this movie, which notice it is, is only half so right it's maybe better than a lot of movies so here's um, the thing here's the thing we should all admit. I want you all here's to know the thing we should all admit i like this movie it's kind of good i like it <laughs> it's a good movie. anyway hold on back to talking shit <laughs> right. but but seriously like it's way improved upon the stuff that was in the theatrical cut right way more than i thought it would it's amazing what they had filmed and what they chose not to use. I do think um, the argument, though, mm-hmm. is yes, it's improved, and mm-hmm. yes, it's functional as a movie, yeah. and yes, I like it better, and yes, it was relatively engaging for that four hours, even though there's a ton of shit you definitely could cut. Mm-hmm. If you can't get the concept of the Justice League, like the the fact that you have to have four hours for well, it to functionally okay. make sense is a mistake See, and I think in of itself. I would argue that you don't need the four hours. I think you could easily trim this down to like a three-hour movie. I think you could that, have yeah. done like 240 and probably been okay. I think, I think that you could have done mm-hmm. a Flash movie and yeah. a... I mean, that's the original sin. That's the original movie. sin of yeah. the DC yeah. universe, truly, is mm-hmm. they... Justice League had to be phase 
the second half of phase one of the MCU instead of yeah. just the Avengers. And so in that, lieu that of is that, the fundamental flaw. Using 40 minutes of this movie to be part three, the gang gets together. Right. It works. Right. Mm. Is it part three or part four? I I, I don't, don't remember. remember. I, I don't remember. Um, it's roughly the midpoint. They're all fighting together against Steppenwolf for the first time. In the like right in the middle of the movie. Yeah, and Aquaman shows up and the league is justiced. Yeah. Um, I hey hey oh shit! Can, can we all also admit this? You heard us on this podcast two years ago talk about how we like Joss Whedon's <laughs> we, Justice. We league. were stupid. It's bad. It's like, bad. We we just saw colors. I and like mm-hmm. heard some jokes and we're like, I guess it works. I think that like yeah. I personally had just watched Man of Steel and just watched Batman versus right. Superman, and yeah. I was happy that there were jokes and happy that there were bright colors. I was excited for a change. Yeah. Now yeah. in this, there's no jokes. There's no bright colors. There's jokes. There, there are is, jokes. There, there are jokes. jokes. There, there's there way more are... levity in this cut than I thought there would be. It's yeah. not Batman versus Superman too. It's it's a it's a new lighter tone for Snyder. He took uh, some of the notes of like, hey, mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman didn't make the money we wanted it to. Yeah. People are reacting negatively to it. It did take some notes. And then the other notes are like, this is God. Superheroes are stupid. Fuck you. Eat my butt. But I'm truly astonished. Like I, I watched this breakdown that a, a YouTuber did about like the changes that were made. Yeah. And it's astonishing that like Zack Snyder had these scenes filmed and they were right. functional and they were like good. And they hired Joss Whedon to come in and reshoot these same scenes and add like terrible jokes in like right. that scene where Batman meets flash works in the Snyder cut. You don't right. need to add these things about, and what is brunch? You show up and there's brunch and what is br- remember? In the- that, that not really. The Whedon, but, but they paid I mean, Joss the Whedon you, so much hire- money to add bad jokes about brunch. Well, but it, but if you had hired Joss Whedon mm-hmm. from the beginning, do I think that Justice League would have probably in ways been better than both of these versions? Yeah, I kind of do. Very possibly. Maybe. Yeah, I think that Maybe. what this movie has over the regular Justice League, the theatrical Justice League, right. is that it has tonal consistency, yes. which is definitely, yeah, vital definitely in has that. Well, Goes and the other thing is, we sure. reacted to bright colors and jokes and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but we have now since had three years of DC movies that are getting slightly more varied, yeah. and so yeah. now we don't need it to also be that. Yeah, I did yeah. just watch Wonder Woman 1984, which does have jokes and very bright colors. Right, and mm. doesn't um, fully maybe work. Maybe not jokes. Not, not great. Uh, uh, but Birds of Prey has Shazam bright colors great. and yeah. is great. And Aquaman Suicide has bright colors. Squad coming out yeah. soon. Looks right. like it has colors and jokes. And then we're going to have the Batman, which looks very like dark, but it's like, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that because now we're having some variants. Like, in yeah. The yeah. Thing. it's not like when you make your Snyder's Superman version, movie, which is not my favorite version. When Superman feels as dour as Batman, that's a problem. Like, if they had made it the Shazam movie as dour as Batman versus Superman, yeah, that would have sucked. It would have been so bad. good. It's, that yeah. it's just what Snyder like... likes about superheroes is not necessarily what I like about superheroes. So there's always going to be kind of a fundamental yeah. like, but I disagreement think, there. But this works. I think that it does work here. I think that like, yeah, doing the Justice League as like this team of like gods who like come right. together, it works. In this like epic 
Oh, sense. right. Oh, this is the thing I cracked a minute ago. So Justice is Gray is called that simply because the movie is gray, right? Yes. Yeah. So is there a chance they're called the Justice League because they looked around and they were fighting a, bu- a big army of parademons and they realized, well, it's just us. Is that's there a exactly chance? What it is. That's exactly is there what a it chance? is. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's the Justice League. There's there's stenographer who was just off camera, made a right. note of like, that's good, Justice League. And just didn't get the spelling right and didn't really. And then they asked Superman, they're like, so just Justice League. He's like, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> there's so, a uh, there's a little known um, series where um, Mr. Freeze and yeah. uh, Iceman and Jack Frost get together and it's the Just yeah. Ice League. The Just yep. Ice League. Yeah, that, yeah, it's it's a weird crossover. Um, uh, and there's the league that Joker runs called the Jester's League. That one wasn't as good. Um, here's my next question. Um, I think that if I had had one of those dials they give to test audiences, that's like, you know, turn this to yeah, the right yeah, yeah, yeah. as you like something and turn it to the left as you dislike something so you can like see how they like it. Yeah, over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I would have started firmly in the negative. Yeah. With all of the like oh, the orchestral like nuns singing. <laughs> yeah. And no, I didn't know. Thank you. I think I would have stayed no, ruled, in like <laughs> the four five six region for about three two and a half hours yeah and i think that when the the ending of the last fight is completely different than yeah it's good just I, yeah. I, and I i think at that point that i would have cranked it to 10 and yep. been like this oh, rules when, this is awesome when so I, spoiler my, alert when flash is like having to reverse time because yeah. they lost. Yes. It good. Rules. Good. Rules good. So very good. good. Very good. I, very good. And the fact Honestly, that they didn't just like send Superman off to just like save civilians that are for some reason living in radiation town. Yeah. Because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. they didn't have gas for their truck or some shit. Yeah. yeah stupid. Stupid. Um, like so Flash my- is like they use Flash to push a truck and they use Superman to lift an apartment building. Yeah. And that's how yeah. they like write them out of the Steppenwolf fight so that it's not too easy. Right. So bad. It's, I, 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 I think them losing the fight. Yes. I would have cranked that to 10. I think that shit but, rules. So I think that the reason that I like this movie and I'm talking about this movie in a positive light mm. is because I spent four hours watching this movie and yeah. ended it in a pretty good mood. I yeah. think that I, I will say, though, if I had that dial, yeah, it fits in this movie was like probably bad to me if i had but i got like stockholm syndrome into liking this movie if i had that (laughs) dial during the nightmare sequence i would have dropped it down too well that's the weird thing about this movie is like if that was setting up Zack snyder's weird mad max fantasy superman is evil movie that he so badly wants to make yeah clearly if it truly were setting that up I'd be like, I'm into it, and I yeah. want to see this movie. Uh, I don't the like fact that, that scene. We know regardless. that it's not happening. Makes it kind the, of the fact we know that it's not happening makes it so annoying. But yeah. also, I think that scene in a vacuum is kind of bad. Um, uh, the Joker. It's a good Batman tease. dynamic. I don't know. I think Batman saying, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." Hey, you're Batman. You don't kill people. Well, I just that, am like well, never absolutely into that. does kill people. It also in, in this, movies, in this does, world where Superman has gone bad and created a dystopia future where everything is bad. He might 
start killing people maybe but i don't know i just think it it was a lot of like isn't this fucked up kind of it just was not my favorite i mean i also i didn't love the joker of that but everything else was good i I, I like the idea of that universe i like the martian manhunter british but british mara being like what um, is going on with that character british mara i i think in in Justice League, they had her do the American <laughs> accent, and so James Wan, when he made oh. Aquaman, was like, "Okay, do the American accent." But in the Snyder version, he had had her do the British accent. So then, for this added scene at the end, it's like, "Yeah, yeah let's do the British." But accent. her being like, "Arthur is dead," and Flash is like, "I got a beard," and Joker is like, "Remember when I killed Robin because of that one shot three movies ago?" And then Batman's like. <laughs> your your ex-girlfriend we fridged her off screen even though she's one of the most compelling people in this universe and she would be really cool in this scene but she's busy um i don't know i i didn't love that scene but you know when it would have dialed to a 10 for me when batman's gauntlets get a whole arc in the movie when you learn how they made the gauntlet so it catches energy good and alfred's building them thought it was pretty cool and then later when he catches the energy in his gauntlets i was like this is pretty cool i'm into that kind of shit yeah um we've been talking about this movie for too long this is not a justice league episode we we should move on to cody's movie okay my movie i saw nobody which is the um bob odenkirk action movie I think there's a chance that Chad and Mark are going to really, really like it. I think it's okay. I don't think you guys are going to like it John Wick level, but I think there are going to be things you guys like it, like about it probably more so than I did, but I think it's pretty solid. It's fun. There's cool action sequences. I and Odenkirk God. worked really hard to get ready to film those too. I'm I think Odenkirk's good in it. I think Christopher Lloyd's good in it. Um, Christopher Lloyd's in it? Yeah, he plays uh, Odin Kirk's dad. Did not know that. Interesting. <laughs> I yeah. was going to say, he is very old now. So he I guess it makes old. sense that he's playing like a 50-year-old's dad. Like right. my granddad age. Right. Maybe um, younger. It just is like... More alive. You, It's one of those <laughs> movies you kind of leave being like, so why did that happen? <laughs> All right, nobody's listening to me. No, I'm listening. <laughs> it's fine. It's Mark fine. just made a self-deprecating or just kept deceased moving. deprecating joke. I know, I know, I know. Oh gosh, keeping the wheels on the bus. Um, I don't know. It's an action movie. I don't. I don't know. It, it's a. It's a really like kind of. Uh, it's a. It feels like a B movie in ways. You know. It's. It's really a, like across the plate double. It's. It's worth watching. Yeah, like watching the trailer for it. If this had been a normal March, I would mm. have gone and seen it and been like, "That's a good movie for coming out in March." Cody, did feels, you just make a baseball metaphor? Like a yeah, he made a baseball metaphor that's commonly made in film circles. Yeah, but like. I've never, I have not heard this in film oh. circles actually. But I, I played baseball. Um, when did you play baseball? I was fourteen. Yeah, I never played. I was like good, but I played you played baseball it. in high school. 
a park league. I didn't play it for the high school team, <laughs> but shut up. Um, I never played, so you you beat me. No, I've played every sport once. So a, a double is where you hit the ball. I know. I've okay. watched baseball. Okay. Hey, by the time this podcast is out, it's baseball season. Um, Sweet. I just, Go Dodgers. This movie probably would have also been released like in January or February of a normal year is, yeah. is what I would say. It feels um, like that invisible man slot. Yeah. But anyway, Kong will be out by the next time we talk. And that's what yeah, I'm going to focus on. Got monkey and lizard. Hey, let's mm-hmm. talk about some other animals. <laughs> that was not a bad transition. It's not, but I just, it also feels like I brought up Godzilla v Kong just to do that, which I didn't. Yeah. Hey, hey Cody, it, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> okay. It felt it organic. Like and it, you know what else like- is organic is foxes. Well, see, that's not that was worse. Good. I'm going to get my computer charger. <laughs> oh, okay. Mark's leaving. So, Mark, why did you pick uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox? Is your oh, he's gone? He's gone. He's left his laptop. He's um, left his laptop. So, I guess we can talk about what my hopes and dreams are for Godzilla v. Kong. No, let's not do that. Um, so, <laughs> so this is the first Wes Anderson movie we've talked about on the podcast that I did not pick. Right? Yeah. Yeah, correct. I like correct. Wes Anderson a lot, but I picked uh, Inglorious Bastards over. When given the choice between Fox. Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino, you picked the. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, um, no, I I was doing the stats, and I thought this was the only Anderson period that wasn't picked by you because I thought you had picked all the PTAs, all the Paul then, Thomas and Wes's right but no Mark had picked I there picked, will be blood there will be blood so yeah, I right. am the so only just person kept going without me yeah I am yeah. the only person who has never chosen an Anderson mm-hmm. but and this, so far and now you're the only person who's not chosen a Wes Anderson as well I yeah and I think both of those things will stay consistent we will I don't see know Phantom Threat's really good but French it's not my dispatch is I do not think Cody will like it enough to pick it over uh, West Side Story. West Side Story or, you know, Godzilla v. Kong (laughs) or (laughs) whatever else is, or Cruella. If we get to the end of this podcast and and Godzilla v. Kong is the greatest movie of our lifetime. No, it's going to be French Dispatch. Mark is going to pick like the fucking Soderbergh movie that comes out this year that's about like robbing both of them. <laughs> he's gonna pick. Both I think he's due for a twofer, right? I think it's a twofer year. Yes. Oh Didn't well, we I think we have to. I think that we have to count the Oscars as one of his two. Right. No, I think that's one of his three. I do think he has two movies coming out this year. Hell yeah! That man's insane. Yeah, I but mean, Mark's I'd say that. he's insane. He just likes what he does, and he does it often. I guess he's good yeah. at it, and he just he has fast turnaround. He writes, edits, films, his all of his own stuff. So right. like, it's not like he has to wait on someone to give him a cut of it. I mean, like, he was editing "Let Them All Talk" like while he was still on the boat. So yeah, um, but this is Wes Anderson. This is also a freaking tune, and Mark picked it. So I know. This is Mark's first tune. Am I the only one that hasn't chosen a tune? You've chosen a tune. What tune have I chosen? I don't know. You guys make me scroll on my list. I don't think I think it's interesting that this is the third George Clooney is a thief movie we've watched, and all of them by some of our favorite directors. 
there's this, there's Oceans, there's mm-hmm. uh, the Coen Brothers movie, oh, whose name I've like uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That's right, that one. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a George Clooney is a thief movie. He's like an oh. ex-thief. What is he in this? An huh? ex-thief? Yeah. Well, yeah, but he's thieving again. To to um to steal from, uh, what's the there's a there's a comedian that said I used to do drugs I, I still do but I used to it's too. Mitch Hedberg. It's Mitch Hedberg, yeah. and that's basically you know he used to be a thief he still is but he, he used to too. Yeah, Chad, you've never picked a tune. I was wrong. Yeah, I I, I knew that. I told you. I would like an apology, Cody, for saying that tunes. I hate tunes. Everyone hates tunes on this pod except for me. But this, but Mark tune, picked a tune. It's, so. it's kind of it's it's it is a tune, but it's not at the same. Which time. is what every I don't know. I need to stop yelling at people who might listen to the show. Um, <laughs> but I feel like there are people who I would have encountered in college who would have made the argument that like, oh no 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 no, you watch dumb baby movies. This is a good art movie. And it's like shut up. It's so, all anime. I do think that this is the most accessible of any Wes Anderson movie. I agree I with agree, that. Yeah. It is m- maybe my favorite Wes uh, Moonrise Kingdom. I have not watched since twenty, whenever the fuck. And that one's also I, that one feels like it would be your favorite to me. Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. But this, but I like Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's definitely yeah. more accessible than his other animated movie, which I found very. Uh, uh what's the word not polarizing pretentious well um distancing cold i I can't think of the right word but i should probably rewatch i love dogs um here's the other things i don't love dogs so oh interesting my my most controversial opinion on this podcast is that i'm not a dog person (laughs) i feel like you kind of have to love dogs to like I don't think movie. that has anything to do with my enjoyment of that. No, movie. I don't think it has anything to do with your enjoyment. But yeah, if Mark pointedly does not like dogs, then yeah, yeah I think certain things about that movie won't work. I just don't like the random. There's we've we talked about it on the Darjeeling Limited episode. Well, he sometimes did we, gets. Did we talk about it? Because that episode <laughs> got lost like every other I Wes Anderson could episode. Not, I, I hope we don't lose this one. I um, it's just the movies that I like and that mean something to me. Wow, that now has me worried about the rest of this. I mean, episode. We also (laughs) did the same thing with that thing you do. So it's not just Chad's movies that get lost. Did we lose that thing you do? We did, and I was thrilled to talk about it three times. (laughs) It's but now we're now we're now we new things to say every time because of Mark's. Uh, dumb computer um but but we we maybe talked about it on that episode but we did talk about it in person before we're like he sometimes will just cut to random kind of dark violence in a way that doesn't always work for me he does it in this movie too when the rat dies where he's just like and he's just another rat behind a dumpster in the like in a behind a chinese restaurant and it's like ah this is very cold it works in this movie Mm -hmm. because it's kind of played I mean, it's always played comedically, but sometimes his like, I cannot think of the word for it, but sometimes his like obsession with violence or death sometimes feels well, his, at his odds with. He's never... not a violent filmmaker. I know, which is In why when way, it happens, it yeah. feels so. I like, mean, there are those moments of violence feel very harsh for sure. Like there's that moment in the Royal Tenenbaums, I mean, there's a suicide sequence, which is very mm-hmm. violent, but it's filmed in, you know, his typical storybook kind of way. It's, right. it's 
darker and dimmer and less colorful than other scenes, but it's still, you know, it's got symmetry, I guess. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of that scene without thinking of, uh, <laughs> I, in high school, before I even watched Earl Tenenbaums, I saw a YouTube video that was like Kermit the Frog, like doing that same scene to the same song. And it was oh my God. so funny. <laughs> I saw a similar video to uh, I've not seen the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. I've not seen that movie. Any of us have, but I need to say, yeah, there's this old YouTube video where uh, Yogi, it was like the style of the Yogi bear movie, like the 3d animated, (laughs) but it's, it's the end of that movie. And I think it's like uh, boo boo comes in to like assassinate Yogi and they like have this. So I've seen that scene. Of like the the killing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen the the, the titular assassination of the titular Jesse James by the titular uh, one of the other guys. Ford, yeah. Is, yeah. Um, I think detachment was the word that I was looking for. There, there is a level of like cold detachment to the violence sometimes, where it's just like here is this like mm-hmm. violence. Here it is. Yeah, it has no interest in like Rubs putting your face you in, in it, the shoes of the characters because it's it is like it's presented to you it's almost like a state you're watching a stage play when you watch violence in a wes anderson movie. the, the violence and death is not very empathetic yeah i guess that know. is a piece of it there's there's that moment in grand budapest hotel where uh i forget which character it is but like all four fingers get like chopped off in the door as it like closes mm-hmm. um yeah, there's all kinds of like weird, shocking violence in his movies. The dogs like fight, and then one like is missing an ear, and then there's like yeah. the surgical scenes in the Isle of Dogs. Um, yeah, I, I, Isle of Dogs just doesn't work for me for a lot of reasons, yeah. but this movie does. Yeah, Mark, you chose it. When did you first see it? I watched this in high school. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly when and where I first watched it. I watched it a couple times in high school. I feel like mm. um, it was definitely my first West Anderson. Like I said, it's the most accessible and therefore I think probably the best Wes Anderson movie to watch first. Sure. Oh, um, yeah, sure. That reminds me of a, a guy in college that Grand Budapest was the most accessible Wes Anderson movie, which, which is, is like undeniably false. I don't find that movie inaccessible, but it's not as most accessible. It, I it, would it, say it just is this. I would say that it like is the least accessible of any of his movies. It oh, is the most Wes Anderson movie, but somehow I still like it. Yeah. And I, don't I think, think I would. I feel like it's generally delightful enough for mass appeal. Whereas like other movies in his filmography aren't like, I, I even like, I, I think I would say Steve Zissou is that less is his least accessible. That's I'd even say that uh, Rushmore is less accessible than, I don't, I don't, dis, I disagree it's less, with that. It's less stylized and less. Yeah, Rushmore's but, not all that stylized. It feels kind of just like a quirky. I, I don't, movie I don't find that the it's Steve style. Zissou. That's that Steve Zissou is the answer. It yeah, probably I think, is. Yeah, I feel like maybe. the, the timelines, the, like the plot of Grand Budapest is just very kind of convoluted and hard to follow. Maybe that's just me. Um, And I've only seen it once and would like to rewatch it. I watched it before I would have considered myself a Wes Anderson fan, um, which is weird because at the time I had seen this, I had seen um, the one that comes after this that I've already forgotten the name Moonrise of, even though we Kingdom. talked about it, Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like both of those, but I wouldn't have like considered myself a Wes Anderson fan. And then I watched Grand Budapest and was like, I, I'm definitely not a Wes Anderson fan. 
Then I watched Royal <laughs> Tenenbaums and I was like, eh, I take it back. He's good. I, um, I think Mark is similar to me, but leans more positive. We're like, in general, we um, hmm, that's a fascinating question because I think there are some things you are definitely more positive about, and there are definitely other things that I am vastly more positive about. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, fascinating question. Um, so no, but with Wes Anderson, you and I both like, yeah, he's good. We're just not going to like everything he does. And sometimes the style doesn't always work for us but you lean more positive towards it and i'm a bit more neutral but i think we're along the same lines yeah i mean my take is normally that it like i said this on the one of the darshi lang episodes that we tried to record um my my experience with wes anderson has kind of taught me that i will enjoy his movies better on a second time through that, yeah, um, that's, that's so like when true. I watched Darjeeling, I was like, I think I like this, but I don't really know how I feel about it until I rewatch it, which I haven't yet. Um, and, you know, I feel the same way about like I Love Dogs and Grand Budapest and, you know, all of the other ones that mm-hmm. I've only watched once. Yeah, but I do agree that that his movies get better if you watch them a second time. I believe that, but I don't think I would. I don't think I would ever like I, Love Dogs, I think that I think. I mean, sure. I don't think you're going to like all of them, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that it's it's sure. part of the remove is like the first time you watch it, you're just you're kind of removed from everything. Yes. And then the second time you're watching it, you kind of are able to pay attention to more things because you know what to expect. Like the yeah. first time you watch it, you're yeah. like listening to the dialogue and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And the second time you watch it, you're like, I know what's going on. But like what is like actually happening on a, a, a deeper level? which right. is just harder to tell with him because all of his stuff is kind of removed from mm-hmm. the emotional center of everything. So what is this movie? Like what, what, what is this movie? So this yet? is an animated movie animated by uh, stop motion legend, Henry Selick uh, adapted from a book by. Is Roald it Dahl. though? I thought so Selick and Anderson started working on it together and then Selick left seemingly. Oh, is is what I could tell, and then Anderson finished it. I don't know who actually did the animation for it. I do not think that Wes Anderson is an animator. No, no, no. Wes definitely didn't. Hmm. Like somebody came in to do the actual animation, and it well, was going to be Isle of Dogs. Not him. Not I, is it? Was it Selick? No. It, okay. So it's probably the same person. Yeah. But I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it's the Tim Burton directed Corpse Bride thing where it was like, well. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that well, when Corpse a live Bride, action animator room. animates a, like a stop motion movie, it's usually like they set the aesthetic, right. they direct performances, right, and they have approval of the animation. Right. But for the most part, he's like, yeah, just like, you know, have my classic production design, which I will tell you about and be really detailed about, but I'm not going to like sit you – Watch I'm not going to sit and, here like, every guy's day hand. as you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Selick was originally like working on this movie, which is very interesting because Selick directed James and the Giant Peach, which is another Roald mm. Dahl uh, book. Good and it really too. makes me wonder, should all Dahl books be stop motion? And I kind of think maybe. Maybe. Uh, well, the first Willy Wonka is good, so maybe not all of them. But, First like, Willy, would well, it be here's better the thing. as so a stop the motion second movie. Willy Wonka movie? 
Um, <laughs> Sorry, no. No, the second Willy Walker movie's good. Um, I I agree with that. But yeah. would it be better as a stop motion movie? And I would a filmmaker so. like Wes Anderson be more suited for it than a filmmaker like Tim Burton? Uh, maybe, but they're both good at stop motion, so it kind of makes sense that it happens. Should Taika's takes? Oh my on gosh, them I forgot he was motion? doing it. What is he doing? He He's is doing the doing... Wonka prequel, right? Oh no! Oh, are there multiple Wonka projects going on? There's uh, so Wonka prequel was Paul King, who would be incredible right. doing stop motion. But what are Taika's? Because Taika was doing, he was doing like the Oompa Loompa oh my spinoff. Um, Honestly, no thank you, Taika. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be good. Um, he was doing like six of them. Because like there was that whole thing where they were like, we're going to have the cinematic universe of... Yeah, I mean, Taika made two successful movies in a row, which in today's Hollywood means you get to green light five is... things that will never get made. So pardon, there's like dogs barking outside my window, so, and my dog is now barking at those dogs, so pardon them. So fun. It looks like Taika Waititi is writing and directing and executive producing two animated series based on Roald Dahl's works, and one of them is an Oompa Loompa series. Yeah, so one's Oompa Loompas, the other one is based on other characters from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but Netflix has the rights to Matilda, BFG, The Twits... Um, I didn't know Matilda was real doll. Yeah, neither. Huh. Yep. Hmm. So was the witches, which Zemeckis did this year. Would yeah, that have been better as stop motion? One billion percent. I think. I haven't seen it. I believe you. I didn't watch it because it looks. It's bad. not great. It's not great. Um, but yeah, I, I think doll's style, like even when he draws them in the book kind of like seems to make a certain amount of sense as stop motion characters a hundred percent like and the the characters in the fantastic mr fox kind of come close to feeling like roald dolls like illustration style particularly right. characters like the rat i think yeah. that rat looks very doll right did had you guys ever read this book or is it a short story? I don't even really know. I have not. No, this I have movie not was my first experience with this story. And I don't know how close the story is to the book. I really don't either. I because I've read some doll stuff. I, I feel like I mm-hmm. I like everything I've ever read of dolls. So I'm like, I need to. Mm. That's gonna be like when I have kids, I'll get them those books and I th- I only read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, which Uh, I really want that Great Glass Elevator adaptation to happen one day. Yeah, Yeah. why are we making so many spinoffs but not Glass Elevator? It's such a good sort of. I sort of think that animated series might be that would make sense. Elevator. Mm -hmm. Um, I've read those two. I've read BFG. I think I read James the Giant Peach. That's probably all of them. Maybe I read that one. Uh, I think I read Matilda. Um, here's the thing. I love Stevie. BFG probably would have no. been better as a stop motion movie. That movie is not horrible, but it do- also doesn't fully. Spielberg and Dahl's sensibilities don't fully line up is the truth. Um, I think so that, that movie doesn't. Yeah. Work. The issue we're all kind of talking about is just that so much of Roald Dahl has to do with like fantasy creatures and like transformation and stuff that like mm-hmm. is gonna be CGI'd. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're have to rely on 
a large character of your story being CGI, then it's almost easier to animate everything so that one thing doesn't stand out. And, and Charlie you know, the Chocolate Factory is the difference because the only thing that's animated there is like what happens mm-hmm. to the kids and the Oompa yeah. Which so, like, even in the 70s, we had practical effects for the what happens to the kids and here, we have, okay. uh, you know, small people for the Oompa Loompas. Yeah. Right. Here's a thought experiment that I just sort of arrived at because I agree, like for most of these Royal Doll adaptations, like you'd have to do CGI for like most of these things. But this movie is stop motion, obviously. Mm. And stop motion is kind of just like one long practical effect in a way. You know, like you you have these sets and you have these like models and it's like, essentially you're just making it seem like they're real. It's like a big hour and a half long practical effect. It's what Kong was in the original. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I Wait, just... so what was your hypothetical? Or was was it just that's that? Pretty, that's pretty much it. Just the idea that it's, okay. yeah, like Jason and the Argonauts has like right. the, uh, the skeleton skeletons yeah. people. And that's stop motion. It's it's a practical effect. It's like this movie is just one long practical effect. And yeah. it's awesome. It, it's such a weird thing. Like it is animation and it is, it and is. I'm not taking it away, but at the same time, like there are sets and there are these puppets and like these puppets are essentially actors and you're actually filming physical things on a physical set and there's real lighting. Mm-hmm. There's like a physicality to it while it's also animation. I, stop motion is just fascinating to me. I love it. Stop motion is very fascinating. Mm-hmm. I also think like, you know, back in the olden days of animation, they're like, Walt would bring in like real deer into the studio and stuff like that. They would they would use like reference models, like right. yeah. And even to this day, if you watch some of the like Pixar or like um, Disney documentaries or stuff like that, they will build tangible objects so they understand mm. how they function in space and with lighting and i think yeah. that's so cool the because you think animation like oh they just draw on some pages and that's it and it's right. like no to get it like really really well done there's yeah. a lot of extra pieces they do for it i remember seeing some behind the scenes stuff for spider-verse where actor mm-hmm. or animators were acting out the scenes physically Oh, that's fully, they do that shit all the time. Yeah, it was, it was something I learned in that movie that I found out they do all the time. And then you mm-hmm. animate based on an actual human performance. It's, yeah. it's cool. Like, uh, yeah. In, in that Frozen 2 documentary, which I bring up all the time because it is one of the best <laughs> filmmaking documentaries I have ever seen. And I uh, stand by that firmly. There, there is an animator in that who does a whole piece of like, Okay, she's got to figure out how Elsa's going to do the thing where she runs up on the wave and freezes oh, it. Thing and like in the, the trailer, hand motions. Yeah. Yeah, Which... So she's got to figure out, like, mm-hmm. okay, if I'm moving and doing that, how how do I do it? How does it look natural? It's, right. It's... Which, having just seen the trailer, that's an incredible, incredibly moment. animated, scene. very well animated. Yeah. Um, so. But fa- Fantastic Mr. Fox. What's, we, we... what's interesting about, um, and not to just talk about stop motion the whole time. Sure. But what's interesting, especially about this and about Wes Anderson doing stop motion, is Wes Anderson is like really interested in like texture, and he's also like a, mm-hmm. you know, an obsessive detail oriented. And when you're doing, right. you know, when you're filming on a set, 
you can be like detailed about like where things are, but you know, when you have a set that's so much smaller and you can literally create anything and move anything and move them in mm -hmm. any way you want, it lets them be a lot more detail oriented, but yeah. also like the textures of this movie, like Cody has this tree, like the, the hill in the back as his zoom background. Yeah. And like, you can see the texture of the grass and of, you know, the, painting of the sky in the background and all of the tree yeah. like the individual leaves and it's not like you can't you can't do that in animation because animation has gotten really good about texture i mean that's the toy story 4 thing where it looks stupid how real but yeah. in looks, in yeah. toy story 4 it like almost has like an uncanny valley of like okay this is almost too real like like the water and pixar movies i just watched raya the water and raya is like okay this is real water and there are animated people on top of that which is yeah. just crazy. It yeah, that Raya is the thing is about insane. Raya, like, because you can't imitate a human face. We know this from Star Wars, like, and yeah, stuff like that. And Raya is not trying to do that. They're trying to do a tune look. They're not yeah. trying to make Raya the character look like a real person. They're trying to make her look stylized. But then when her environments are so photoreal, there is a weird thing that happens. Yeah, I, I get used I, to it pretty quickly, but like, it is. I think we're close to hitting our cap of yeah. photorealism where I think we're there. Okay, we've honestly. we've got everything photorealistic as we can. Mm -hmm. Now let's experiment and make it hyper style. And that's where like Spider-Verse comes Spider -verse. in. Or soul. Is, or soul. Yeah. yeah. Um but when or you're even doing Klaus, which is technically uses a lot of 3D yeah, yeah. Uh, like CGI stuff, but is styled drawn to look, like they yeah, do a lot of yeah. different things in that. Um, um, but in when you're doing stop motion, nothing is real, mm -hmm. uh, and everything is the same level. Like, and ev also everything's real because everything is like when you see cloth, you're seeing yeah. actual cloth. Right. When you see everything you're like, is photographed. Yeah, like when you see uh, Woody, you're like, I feel like if I touch Woody, I know what he feels like. Yeah, but for sure, you don't really because you don't. He's you can't touch Woody, mm -hmm. but in like, you know, you can go to a set and touch right. Cody smiling at me saying you can touch Woody. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Um, but you can like we touch Mr. Fox because, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you, he's wearing fabric that you can imagine what his like, you know, his, right. twee, you know, vest feels like. Do we know if they used any CGI augmentation to this? I don't think so. I kind of don't think so either. I know they do for the Leica movies, and all the Leica movies are gorgeous. But like, uh, I'm sure that they CGI'd some things. like things out. Like when things are floating yeah. in the air, there's like a string holding it up that they come right. out. Right, but so I don't just think so. low level. Yeah, gotcha. But I don't know um, if they do anything more than that. I just watched Kubo and the Two Strings, which is very good really movie. good movie. Very good and movie. Uh, there was some of the behind the scenes thing where like they had the big giant puppet, but then they had a green screen for the background, which I think is a really cool. They do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, so there's Lando. one sequence in this movie that blows my mind how good it looks. And it's when they're trapped in the sewer and Mr. Fox is like standing um on this like ledge next to like where water is falling mm -hmm. and his yeah. wife comes up to talk to him and it's gorgeous it's, it's just a conversation scene but like the way it's filmed kind of blows my mind i guess they just have this waterfall that just moves slowly but the way the light shines on these characters yeah. through the water yeah it's just gorgeous it just it 
totally sells that these are like people in an actual environment well foxes in an actual environment talking to each other and not like being manipulated here's the trick water is always going to impress me in an animated medium <laughs> always <laughs> good yeah <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, Little Mermaid is hand-drawn, mm-hmm. water done super well. So is Ponyo, like Stitch same, and Ponyo. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. And then you have like Frozen 2, yeah. um, Raya, like all those big, there's a Moana. Just watch Moana and the water in that one is I mean, insane. When it rains in a bug's life, it's just like, okay. I'm kidding. That's not great. <laughs> yeah. But when it rains in Toy Story 4, that's all I can focus on is the rain and the puddles. Oh my it's gosh. So yeah, the, good. the top of that movie when Bo Peep gets lost. Yeah. Gorgeous scene. Water um, is like one of the earliest things that Pixar figured out for finding Nemo because I think they yeah, realized how important Nemo it was. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, we're being tech heads in a way that we normally aren't. <laughs> right. But it's but, so cool. I mean, I love yeah. I we make fun of Mark not being a tune boy just because he doesn't like tunes as much as me, which I is admire the craft. <laughs> but I I think we all do have a deep admiration of animation oh, yeah. and when it's done super well. Oh, yeah. Um which I think is why we got a little stuck on this. But let's talk about the performances. This is a sure. Wes Anderson movie. So there's a absolutely ton stacked of cast boys yeah. in here. Yeah. Um, I mean Clooney to start with. Yeah. Clooney um, is great. Just that's brings that suave energy to the role. Um here's my hot take on the cast. I kind of wish they had cast kids in the kid roles. Um, I don't need Christopher Schwartzman to be great though. Yeah, but I don't. I like Christopherson as well. I mean, they're fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has I mean Meryl playing the wife, and she is very good. Wait, Glenn Close plays the wife. No, it's it's Meryl Streep. No, the joke is oh, oh yes, the yeah. wife. What, what if there was, was a wife? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Willem Dafoe was the rat. Just makes so much sense. Yeah, he's, he's so good. good. They got he's Bill good. Murray as the badger lawyer. Yeah, at Badger Beaver and Beaver, which makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, there's funny. a lot of those fun kind of mm-hmm. things. I like the humans in this. Yeah, I Boris, didn't realize that Christopherson was Wes Anderson's brother and Bean. Yeah, those things. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I also just watched Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon, which is another stop motion movie. So, like, I've been really steeped in the stop motion for a while. Sheeped in the stop motion. Sheeped in the. Um, the humans in this, I, I like their designs. They're all very, like, specifically designed. Um, yeah, the you've got, shapes. like, the tiny yeah. one, the short guy. You got the very large, like, mm-hmm. right. fat man. And you've got the. The Tall, very scrawny, thin and yeah. scary, menacing guy who wears yeah. the tail as a as a tie. Yeah, yeah, one's tall, one's short, one's lean. Right. Well, not so lean. That's that's what they say. Oh, is that right? what they say? Is oh, it tall, yeah, short, yeah. and lean, or is it like big, short, and lean? Fat, short, and lean? I don't know. I don't remember. But that but, brings me to the soundtrack, which uh, rules. Did this guess get what? nominated for it any just like surf rock? The whole time. Is nominated for any best original song for like the Boris Bean? Um, no. Um, no. Hmm. It did get nominated for for score though. Yep. Okay. So let, let's do a quick diversion of that. It got nominated for best score. It also got best animated film nominated for those. Did it not lost win. both of those to the same movie. 
up he, won best score and uh, best animated film. Here's the up thing: probably deserves this? best score. Up has a really good score. The up score, score yes. is yes. fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. It really is, and we know I'm not the biggest score boy, mm-hmm. but, but that married life score that, is you just cry. You yeah, just I mean, they still. I mean, Giacchino, man. They they still use a lot of that up music, like in the parks, because it's so like. And I had heard the TikTok. music for, yeah. Yes. I had heard the up music before I watched up and the, you know, I like heard watching or watching like the first little bit of it, the short film. That's good. Um, The, the score there, I heard it and I was like, Oh, I'm already sad because I know what's going to happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, That score is so good. Um, Scoring this is good too. Do you guys know that the song at the beginning is a Disney song? It's a uh, Davy Crockett. Yeah, David Crockett. Yeah. yeah, like that's from the, from, from the old like, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's from the like it's uh, the TV show, not a movie. TV show. Oh, and they okay. Did the, those movies, Chad. They may have ended up releasing them theatrically, but it started as like the Disneyland TV show, is what it was called. Interesting. Wonderful I Disney stuff. Definitely watched those as a movie on VHS as a kid. So th- some of them do exist as movies. Okay. And I but went back there to were watch shows that too. on Disney Plus, and yeah. boy, howdy, is it just about killing uh, it, Indians. Native Americans? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, they they I, call them Indians in the movie. Yes. I need to watch those movies because I haven't, and it's a part of the Disney era that I haven't really seen much from. It's but I know I know what it is. Wild to watch it through 2021 lenses and be like, oh, they just think this guy's cool for killing Native Americans. Right. And um, that's I also gotta watch Swiss is. Family Robinson also. Well, so I also thought he was cool because he had a raccoon hat, which is admittedly is cool. The raccoon hat is cool. You can still um, get the raccoon hat, I think. We watched yeah you can get a raccoon hat. No, but I mean, like, just kill a raccoon. Skin it. Yeah. No, don't. Um, <laughs> I, we watched some of those in Tennessee history class because Davy Crockett mm. is a Tennessee hero. Ah, looky there. Yeah. Looky, look out mountain. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there you go. That's part of Tennessee. <laughs> it some is a it. part of Tennessee for sure. Not all of it. Just a small portion of just it is in Tennessee. You can see uh, seven states. Supposedly. <laughs> I don't know if you can see. Ohio from they claim you can see some wild states. It's like it's like Kentucky, sure, Georgia. You're yeah, of course. Yeah, you're Alabama. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you turn around, I suppose you could see Alabama. But yeah. like you can't see West Virginia from the mountain. They West say you Virginia. Can. Mountain mama. I, um, um I'm getting the, the beach boys. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's some beach boys, yeah. Um, there's some beach boys. It's like a lot of like 60s rock, folk rock. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the song that that PD sings that they claim is a bad songwriting, but it's actually great. <laughs> it's really that sounds good. good. Yeah, and that that joke is just very funny too. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> you it's wrote a bad time. song, PD. <laughs> or <Awesome>, songwriting. <laughs> it's great. The the uh, Boris Bunsen Bean song is also great. Mm-hmm. Um, Should have been nominated. Should have been nominated. The PD song. Fine. I will look up what got nominated for best original song in 2009 since Thank we're you. all asking. Um, um, but other performances. So Cody had issues with the kid performances. Not really issues. I be, just wish it was yeah. a kid. I just love Schwartzman. I think it's, he was well suited for the like bitter child of the fantastic Mr. Fox. I am just now realizing that. Christopherson was Wes Anderson's brother played that. Mm. 
which is mm-hmm. interesting that the movie is about a little nerdy brother being jealous of the athletic brother. Uh, and he cast his actual brother. Um, kind of puts a new perspective on the movie to me. I don't know if it's yeah, his older brother, but it's... Wes his... Anderson, notorious jock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so here's what was nominated. probably is my favorite character. Okay, we'll get into that after we talk about the song. Here's what was nominated. So this was before they always nominated five, all right? Because okay. in 2011, only two songs. So you're saying there was an open spot? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's only four nominated. Um, they do that again in 2013, but I think relatively recently, they, they're sticking with the five. But okay, so this is what, 2010. We Belong Together by Randy Newman from Toy Story 3. Don't know what that song is. But it's a Randy sure Newman song good. in Toy Story, so it's yeah, going to be nominated. It's probably good. If I Rise from 127 Hours... Mm, probably good. I will get to. Uh, I think. I think it's wait, one of those. 120. You're looking at the wrong year then, because 127 yeah, hours are. is the next year. Because also, I Toy Story not... Three is the next year. Yeah. I, I yeah. I will be nominating okay, that movie. Okay. I am. So. Okay. 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 There's four. There's four still. Okay. I am looking okay. at the wrong. I'm one. still mad. Um, the weary kind from Crazy Heart. That makes sense. That's about Jeff Bridges playing it. a washed-up country singer and T-Bone Burnett. Make, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure that's sense. probably a good song. Yeah. Take it all from nine. All right. I didn't mm, see nine. I don't know. I oh, there either, there but... actually are five. Some song from Paris 36. Never even heard of that movie. Nope. And then two songs from The Princess and the Frog. Almost there down in New Orleans. Both bangers. So well, like, yeah, We will talk about, about it next week. I have The Princess and the Frog. Um, but, uh, I don't, you don't very often see a double nominee from the same movie anymore. Yeah. That's kind of wild. What won that year? Um, the, the fucking, uh, crazy heart song. Okay. So yeah, I feel like a princess and the frog song could have won if they didn't split the vote that way. Well, in 2007, two years before enchanted got nominated for three songs and it lost to falling slowly from once. But um, yeah, there's definitely a song in Enchanted that could have won best original song. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember yeah. the name of the one. It's like the big musical number where like, oh, it's uh, the fucking. OK, hold on. Hold on. I lost it. Um, It's the that's how, you know, that should have won. Yeah. Yeah. How that. does she know that she loved her? Yeah, yeah. that's the one. That's the, that's one. the one. It's so catchy. It's so good. It's so good. This year's 2020. Can we talk about it real quick? So it's Husevic from Eurovision, which I hear is a good song. Haven't watched that movie. Could have been Ya Ya Ding Dong. That's what I've heard. Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Credit song. I don't know. I Credit song. Some song from the life ahead that they just hand another nomination to Diane Warren. Um, the Leslie Odom Jr. song from One Night in Miami. Which, yes, when let that one win, please. Uh, but the thing it's is, not, like, it's the credit song, right? It's, it's not the, credit the song. Sam it's not Cook the one song. he sings, oh. like because they won't nominate Sam Cooke's song. Right. So they're basically he's going to win it for singing the Sam Cooke song is the truth. Right. They're going to remember him singing and be like, oh, that was good. And he'll you, win because of that. 
You are correct. Yeah. Uh, and then hear my voice from the trial of Chicago seven. This is one of those years where it is all the like bland ballad Oscar stereotypical mm. Oscar songs. This is other what, than this the is Eurovision. what glory from Selma did for did to us. I mean, basically, I mean, the the Elton John one last year. I mean, that was a pretty good song. Um, Remember when we had Mystery of Love in 2018? That was good. I think so. I hope so. Remember when, for some reason, it it won. It won. It won. It did not. Hold on. What mystery what mystery of love? Of it lost love. to remember me, which to oh, be yeah. fair. Yep, yep, yep. That should have been <laughs> That's okay. Mystery of Love. I'm that, okay is, with okay. That. that is also a year where we had This Is Me from Greatest Showman. Like that's actually a good <laughs> that, year. that was a really good year. Hey, how about 2018 though, when you had Shallow for a Star is Born, when a cowboy trades the Spurs for wings from the crust <laughs> yeah. of all the stars from Black Panther, which was like oh a real radio gosh, hit. Yeah. Then the place where lost things go from Mary Poppins Returns, which is oh, yeah. a weird nomination. Yeah. It is, but it's not yeah, the best song from that movie. What's the best song from that movie? Um, the upside down song. Uh, no, it's the it's the bathtub one that like use the imagination. Mm. Uh, I can't remember right now, of course. But I understand why they nominated the like the feelings song. Yeah. Um, hold on. Musical score and soundtrack album. Um, what is the name of that song? Um, can you imagine that? I also like a cover is not the book, right? I like that one. That's a good one. A cover is not a book. So is that the animated one? But that is that's the one where Lin Manuel Miranda raps, and it kind of takes you out of it. Though I take it, he doesn't rap. He does the same. I mean, let me tell you a story about He does. Dick Van Dyke does the same thing in the first movie. Anyway, um, we got off track. This has been a weird episode, guys. It's been a weird weird episode. episode. I'm tired. Um, I feel like we've barely talked about Fantastic Mr. Fox, and it's... I, I feel bad because it's a very no, good... no, no, no. We talked about it a ton. We just fixated on the stop motion. We talked about elements, the yeah. animation a lot, which yeah. I think um, is the coolest thing about it. I think the emotional through line is like fine. It doesn't like you know to quote George, well to quote someone speaking to George Clooney. Well, it doesn't make me cry. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't do that all that well. What but the, what the fuck it are you doesn't about? he doesn't make you cl- laugh, but he also doesn't make you cry. Right. But this movie does make it does me make laugh. you laugh. But it yeah. just de- it doesn't like uh, so the emotional three lines like good, but it doesn't like overly get me my feels. I like um, the emotional through line. I like the dialogue and kind of the quickness of it and mm, like yeah. the like the whistling the Yeah, that's fun. The cussing, which Cody claims has been, make, they make that joke too many times. I disagree. Um, I just, I was around in 2009 is the thing. So I remember when all the indie kids came to school and started saying like, yeah, cuss you. And it's like, I mean, okay. Yeah, I was That's an indie I kid. Remember. So That's I awesome. still enjoy that. Um I like cuss yourself. I like it when their eyes turn to stars. I like the that's fun. The yeah. fist. I like the, mm-hmm. the the cutting into the side of the dirt to see them move around is always fun for me. Yeah. I think this movie, like the fact that it's animated, lets Wes Anderson do a lot of things that he wouldn't do, wouldn't be able to do normally. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. like I feel like in 
Royal Tenenbaums, he does some stuff where like the house is kind of cut in half and he moves around the house. Am I imagining that? He does that a lot. He he does that there. He does that for Steve Zissou's ship in yeah. that movie. Uh, I feel like there's a... He does he, that in with the, the train. Uh, in the, yeah, the Darjeeling Limited, the train. And the yeah, he does sequence. the cut in half thing. But I feel like it is... It breaks like whatever fourth wall. Mm-hmm. It It... it feels less out of place in an animated movie because you're like mm-hmm. well, everything's yeah. kind of you know they can just do whatever they want because this is not a real world yeah right. every set is built from the ground up in this movie so there's yeah. no practical locations so you can literally do that anytime you want it's it's kind of incredible i, I yeah there, there's there's things that like wouldn't be possible like the diving sequence uh where christoph and um what what is his son's name Jason Schwartzman's character, um, Foxy Jr. Foxy Ash, that Ash, Ash, yeah. Ash. Um, Speaking of indie kids, all tree. indie kids in the early 2010s wanted to name their son Ash. Oh yeah, oh, gosh. After the Pokemon or after this? After this, and Pokemon. probably the Pokemon. Nah, Pokemon's for fucking dorks. Um, like us. Dorks grow up to be indie kids, Cody. I hate to tell Not you. Not always. There's a slight difference. Well, yeah, but all indie what... kids were dorks growing up. I don't know. I I feel like we are all indie kid adjacent, the three of us, but we are not full feet in the water as much as some. Uh, I keep my foot in every water is the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am I a, a jock. Middle, I'm an indie kid. I'm a nerd. I was I'm, a middle child, of Cody. I'm, I'm all these things. Well, sure, 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 sure. I, I keep one foot in, one foot out. Um, so maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but um, we're not naming our sons Ash, in other words. No. Um, I did name my pets Archie, Betty, and Veronica, but... That's, yeah, that's nerd shit. It's also cringe shit. It, it is cringe. I regret to... But also you, they're dogs, cringe. and dogs are cringe. And cats are also cringe. This is not an anti-dog take. What's funny is I, I called... Chad cringe for naming his cats Archie or Betty and Veronica, and my cats are named Kitty Pride and Jean Grey. Yeah. So like, Mark's is named. I'm sorry. Fucking, what is? It's Kitty Pride Shadow Cat. Get the whole name Kitty, out there. Well, it's Kitty Pride Shadow Cat and Jean Grey the Phoenix. Yes, you're correct. But Mark's is fucking Mr. Mr. Frizzle. Mr. Frizzle. So yeah, like, we all have all pets are allowed nerds. to have dorky names. They yeah. their names don't mean anything. They don't care about yeah. their names. Dogs oh, care. They about care names. about their names, don't you, Kitty? Okay. okay. She's right here. Uh, so. She sits on the couch with me. Hey. Ooh. What? I just hit my microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cancelled. Hey, let's talk about our best picture alumni. So George Clooney, we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we've talked about Meryl somewhere, right? Yeah. Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada, for sure. <laughs> Not we did a Devil Wears Prada episode. Um, we Schwartzman, Murray. Yep. Yeah, both from Wes Anderson films. And then I Wes had the Anderson. cast in front of me. Wes I don't know Anderson. Noah Baumbach co-wrote the movie. Oh, I didn't count him. My who, bad. But yes, he should have yeah. counted. Um, also, who I'll else co wrote this movie? One of the it's Darjeeling Wes Anderson like, and, team. It's Wes Anderson this, right? and, and Noah. Oh, you're right. It's just the two of them. So the, Darjeeling yeah. Unlimited or Darjeeling Limited team. That's a hint. Oh, yeah. Owen Wilson is in this movie. He plays the coach. Yeah. I have the and cast in front of me, so I feel like this is cheating. That is cheating. It probably and, is a little bit. And who else? 
We'd already said Jason Schwartzman, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, Roman Coppola's in this. Uh huh. Who co-wrote Darjeeling? I yeah. am not. I didn't count Roman okay. Coppola. Adrian Brody's in the movie, but he's in, in the movie. Quick, he's, he's in a quick mouse. voice role. Yeah, he's the mouse. Oh, is he the little mouse that wants to join the fight at the end? Uh huh. I <laughs> like so the little cute. mouse. I love that little guy. So there's two, awesome. two more, two more. Here's the other thing. I veteran I do, actors. I do love any movie where a fox is rascally like yeah. this mm-hmm. over the hedge. Um, also, sure. you, oh, uh, you can you can include the uh, the Zootopia, the Zootopia, but also like the I guess it's a Peter Rabbit is a rabbit that's being rascally, but it's Mark, the same up, kind Mark, of thing. The number one fucking Peter Rabbit stand in the world. So what can I say? Surely Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Is an alum. I can't place what movie we've talked about with him in it. I Antichrist. <laughs> Would, have we covered that? Was... What if it was? Um, I don't remember. Uh, but yes. Spider-Man. No, we did not do Spider-Man. On this feed, we though. talked about the lighthouse for pickies. It wasn't that. What the fuck was Defoe in that we talked about? Was it one of those like Shakespeare in Love or something like that? It's one. Of one it's one of those, but. <sighs> The fucking computer I'm on, I can't do Control F easily well, okay. for my sheet. Don't don't take it out of the computer. It's okay. We can think about this for this. a while. Okay, let's think about it for a long time. I'm just gonna scroll through his uh, Wikipedia here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm scrolling um, through his IMDb. Finding Nemo. He's in Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. That's Nemo. it. That's it. Yeah. Also, Life Aquatic. <laughs> so there's can't one talk more. About that. There's one more person then. There's one more. I feel like it's I probably some Wes Anderson it's take actor. A while. It's probably just some guy. It's that's not really. Not really. Michael Gambon. No, we haven't talked about any Harry Potter movies. Uh, go ahead and tell us because I don't think we're gonna get it. It's Brian Cox. He's in this. Yep. Who's he play? Mark. Who does he uh, play? Peabody. Daniel Peabody. Do not remember who that is in this movie. He is probably like a reporter or something. Talking about possibly he's like in the middle of the cast list towards the bottom. Right. Yeah. Brian Cox was in Rushmore and Braveheart. Um, cool. So we didn't even talk about the biggest um, Brian Cox roles. Um, Which is but, Succession. Or, you know, uh, X2. Um, Willem Speaking is, of X2. Willem is also in the English patient. Um, oh, and, shit. Oh, okay, check. <laughs> I see. Yeah, Cape Check. I gave. Yeah, the so answer. Brian Cox is in X2, yeah, and Willem Dafoe is in Spider Man. Yeah. George Clooney is in Batman and Robin. Correct. I feel like there's definitely more. I mean, Meryl Streep is in The Iron Lady, which sounds like a superhero movie. <laughs> so Jason Schwartzman is in Scott Pilgrim. I think that that's a real one. I don't know if we count Scott Pilgrim. It's a comic I... book movie. This. Super fights. I don't know. Okay, are we doing comic movies or superhero movies? Look, I did not count um, Scott Pilgrim, but I I don't know that I'm mad at the argument about it. I mean, hey, it's it's your segment. We're just participating in it. Uh, so there's one more, and it's like, and it's upcoming, but it's a close upcoming. So that's why I counted it. Owen Wilson is in Loki. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Hey, buddy. So this this movie, um, arguably a big fucking failure. Um, <laughs> 46.5 million on a 40 million budget. That's not what we not call great. good. No. no. Um, but I could see why. 
it's a shame like it's it's a good movie and it's not like i feel like i wouldn't show it to most kids or at least like you have to be a certain age to like it it's not like take your five-year-old nephew when you're babysitting because it's the latest animated movie it's not that kind of movie but it's based on a children's book to some extent no it is but it still doesn't like feel i feel like it wouldn't be engaging for children in the same way that it is for i mean i mean it is a children's book that was like written by a guy that was either in the holocaust or escaped the holocaust so you know a different type of childhood yeah no i yeah but i'm just saying i'm not saying it makes it a better or worse movie i'm saying that's why it probably wasn't the biggest commercial hit yeah, yeah i mean it's the same isle of dogs didn't make that much money i mean that um, was a pg-13 movie which like right that's I mean, that it, it's it's weird because like i want more like adult animated movies that aren't sausage party right like i want sure. animation to reach uh an adult audience without just reverting to like saying the f word a lot and being yeah, inappropriate or even hyper violence right that's the or other thing where i'm yeah. like yeah it seems like the only way to do adult animation according to hollywood is like in the u.s it's funny yeah. that this is animated right it's like right. it's funny that you're watching an animated movie and also it's raunchy that well, being said show invincible Soul. that just came out um well, it's not oh, a movie yeah. but it's a the new series on amazon that's like for adults and it, i don't think it's just like raunchy for raunchy's sake i haven't it's watched it yet but hyper violent it's the violence like, to okay, an insane so. degree Got it. like olivia was watching it with me and she was like i mean it's fine it's superhero stuff i see enough of that normally i don't know that i'm into it and then it's hyper 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 gore and violence gotcha um but, but soul is, yeah. would be my argument like soul is does not feel like a kid's movie. It's also a Pixar movie, though, so it's yeah, sure. going to be categorized as a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, as we've all seen it, it does not feel like one. Yeah. Um, the only part that does is like, and it's a big chunk of the movie, it's kind of like the cat running around the city. Kinda, sure. That, that part feels more... But even that doesn't feel that kitty. Yeah, it has like the framing of a kid's movie, but mm-hmm. like the substance of a movie written by the guy that wrote moonlight or something like that right right, right, right. is yeah. it the guy that wrote moonlight no the guy who wrote okay. Night in miami ah okay yeah um so what some other things about this we talked about it's oscar noms uh it's got a 93 on rotten <coughs> tomatoes 4.1 on letterbox because ah, it's a good so movie people yeah like people like a good movie they just didn't yeah. pay money to see it in a theater <laughs> Yeah, why would they, huh? And I mean, like, I don't. Was Royal Tenenbaums or Life Aquatic like super profitable? I think Moonrise really. Kingdom is the, his only one that made some kind of money. Yeah, I and I feel like stop motion animated movies are usually not that successful. Like Kubo did not make a ton of money. The Grand Budapest make a decent amount of money. I feel like it did. Um, I think like comparatively, but I don't know right. that it did. I mean, it wasn't a smash hit. But um, what's his first best picture nomination, though, wasn't it? Um, yes, I think so. Yeah, okay, yeah, it 172.9 million on a 25 million dollar budget for Budapest. That's, that's a hit, that's a hit, yeah. Um, and then he followed it up with Isle of Dogs, which was not, which was not, yeah, it did not make money. And um, I like that movie fine, I think it's like bottom 
bottom two or three of his movies, but I like all of his movies. All right, so his biggest hit is Budapest. I think they opened it in more theaters, but yeah, um, I think it it got re-released around Oscar season once it got yeah. nominated and I, and I think, think it just opened them. wider but Moonrise yeah. 68.3 on a 16 million budget that's still a hit but Budapest feels like a massive hit comparatively um, now I'm just checking Royal Tenenbaums made 71.4 on a 21 that's not a huge hit but it is a hit but also was a pretty yeah I mean for the budget yeah for the, yeah. like it, it yeah i mean like when you're making a live action movie it's probably cheaper than making an, a stop motion movie production wise uh, i don't know Rush- if that's necessarily true rushmore only made nine million more than its budget so well but like, that was his second feature so it's hard to compare yeah. yeah but i was like oh that's where he like really broke but i guess it's ten of bombs um so we'll see maybe french dispatch will make a fuck ton of money it's got disney marketing behind it and chance hell of a cast good cast looks good do we want to play a quick game of who is in french dispatch without mark looking at the <laughs> it's like everyone it's so many people i mean it's like well, everyone go. who's hot you got timothy chalamet timothy chalamet is in the film i'm Saoirse just gonna ronan. go ahead and say is Sersha? Sersha ronan is yes yeah. tilda swinton tilda swinton mm-hmm. is francis mcdormand Francis McDormand is. I mean, Owen Wilson. I'm just going to go ahead and guess. Ooh, hold on. Yeah, he's yes. in it. Uh, I think Adrian Brody is also in this one again. Adrian Brody is second. Is Willem Dafoe back? Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe is back. Mm-hmm. Is Bill Murray back? Bill Murray's back. Yeah. Bill Murray is back. Um, who's the the newcomer? Uh, Del Toro. Oh, it's... Uh, Benedicio Del Toro. Yes. Yeah. It's like yeah. Alden Erdrich or whatever his fucking name is. It. No, is he in it? That would have been good. No. Seems like the right kind of guy. No. Um, is the kid from Budapest in it? No. Yeah. Wait. Uh, I don't remember what his name is. No. But it, I thought he was for a second. Oh, is Ralph Fiennes in it? Wasn't he in Budapest? No. He's in Budapest. He's I don't this. think he's in this. No. He's not in this. There's some huge names you guys are missing. I know. Like, it's just so stacked. <laughs> it's like, just so Go stacked. ahead and list them off. Um, no, like... I'm going to try and make you guys guess. Um, Commissioner Gordon. J.K. Simmons. No, other one. <laughs> uh, Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. Other one. New one. Oh, wait. New oh. one. Oh, New one. and the, the TV uh, one. No, no the, uh, the Batman. Um, the Batman one. Who plays him in that? I forgot. Hey, Robot Man. actor. Robot Man. Hunger Games. Just, just tell me, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey okay, Wright. okay, okay. And then you've got uh, uh, that was my uh, Sabertooth impression. Leaves, leave whatever. Leave Schreiber. Leave Schreiber. Ray yeah. Donovan himself. Ray Donovan himself. You've got Gordon Stash's brother. You've got Hulk. Um, Banna. Nope. Ed Norton. Uh, Ed Norton's Ed a Norton, frequent collaborator. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got Star of the West Wing. Uh, star of one of the best movies of 2020. Um, um, oh, is it uh, CJ in West Wing? I'm blanking no, 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 on her no. name. No, no, younger. Is it Josh? Younger. <laughs> younger. Female. Oh, it's um, Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Uh, recurring yeah. role on the West Wing. <laughs> um, um, oh, to- Tony Revolori is in it. I missed his name. And that is the kid from Budapest. Yes, that's Flash yes. Thompson. One back on the scoreboard for me. Um, 
So um, a guy we talked about last episode. Cliff Fassbender. No. Won an Oscar last episode. Oh, um, what's his name? <laughs> Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Christoph Waltz. Oh, yeah. Um, someone else from I am real. The... I am really excited to see Christoph Waltz in the hands. Of I think it's yep, very that's good. A, that's fascinating um, casting. A yeah. a um common. I mean, maybe the most common Wes Anderson collaborator, but you guys didn't name him. Luke Wilson. Weirdly, no. Well, we said Bill Murray already, right? Jason yeah, Schwartzman. Schwartzman, y'all didn't oh, say okay. Schwartzman for okay. whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, here's the other one. Hey, Henry Winkler. Yep, uh, he's in this movie. That's yeah, weird. That feels uh, Bro- that feels like another. Yeah, I'd like, kind of into that fun yeah. actor for Wes Anderson to play with. Bob Balaban is in this. I wasn't going to try and make you guys guess Bob Balaban or Thank Leah Sedu, who is also in this. Um, Who's the Leah other Seydoux? one. She's a Bond girl, I think. She's Inspector. the Bond girl. I know this is helpful for oh, you, she's, Chad. She's the Bond girl, Inspector. Inspector she is. She's in one of the Mission Impossible's as well. Okay. Um, cool. kind of doing the same thing, but before. Yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, she plays a mom, um, in Darjeeling. It's Angelica Houston. It doesn't matter. Um, so the now that guy who's in it, that I wanted to hold the on. French the other guys, I wanted. To, I I was like, there's no way I'm gonna get you guys to say Matthew Almerick, but it's exciting that he's in it because Ooh. that is bleeds out of his eyeballs from Casino Royale, the Ooh. surprise dad in Sound of Music or Sound of Metal, who I think is very good in that. <laughs> um, he's in that movie. The, so the anyway, dad in Sound of Metal, Christopher Plummer is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I've Sound of Music. That up all the time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's our fun little game to round this out, I guess. Yeah. So now, um, so go check out the French dispatch in theaters eventually. And maybe on Disney plus after that. Maybe. Um, um, that's a good question. Will it go to the Hulu? It'll go to Hulu. It'll go to Hulu. My guess. Is uh, Hulu. Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox are on Disney plus. Because right. they're animated. They're for, yeah. for kids. For Isle of Dogs is for children. Yes. I didn't say it, Cody. Disney said it. Disney said it. And you love Disney, Cody. This this is a searchlight, and they put Nomadland on Hulu. Searchlight is making stuff for Hulu. That that shows my instinct is that it'll go there. Maybe it won't. Um, we'll see. I think that live action Andersons will go to Hulu. I think that's a good call, but also we will see. Um so we are now an hour and a half into this episode. Right, right. We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. Do we think that this movie is better than Inglorious Bastards. My math, we spent worked. 10% of this episode talking about the cast of French Dispatch. Yep. Good. And 20% talking about Justice League. <laughs> so weird. Listen, fanta- some we, things this, have to be said. We were not meant to have a proper Wes Anderson episode of Best Pictures is the lesson I'm learning. Here. Well, here's the thing. It's I often am not into it, and I sometimes, if I'm not the most into stuff, can tank an episode's enjoyment for everybody. Mm-hmm. So we focus really hard on the animation. So, I, but I do like this movie. I like this movie a lot. But we, so, we talked about the animation stuff a lot. Cody, that being said, how are you voting between this and Inglorious Bastards? Well, I was trying to think of like what would the Fantastic Mr. Fox version be. So the Inglorious Cussers, I guess, is oh, okay. how yeah, they would say it. Be. Between Fantastic Mr. Fox and Inglorious Cussers, I, I think, think I'm gonna go Inglorious Cussers. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, we talked a little bit about my ongoing struggles with um me not knowing that uh, if I like um Quentin Tarantino as much as I used to, but I still think that is his opus. But do I think this is Wes Anderson's opus, and do I like Anderson's opus? No, I think I, you're it's more inglorious. of a Tarantino. I think, I think that even if these are both the masterpieces of those directors, I think that you like Tarantino more than you like Wes Anderson. Yeah, I, I think, think that, that is true. true, even though I am cooling on Tarantino and maybe warming up more so to Wes Anderson. So, yeah. like that—that's that, kind of what's happening right now. But I, I do think Inglourious Bastards is uh, is the best movie. Uh, to me, um, Mark, why don't you Mark, go? Yeah. I mean, I will probably also say Inglorious Bastards. That probably would have been my pick if Chad hadn't taken it. And I feel okay. like if me and Chad's picks were reversed, you probably would have taken this if Inglorious Bastards off the table. That's my instinct. At probably, least. yeah. I think these are like neck and neck for me to the point where like it's it's honestly hard for me to vote as well. I think I am going to stick with my guns and go with Inglorious Bastards. I. I do think it's between that and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite Tarantino. Um, just those dialogue scenes, man, and the tension that builds. It's just Fantastic Mr. Fox is probably one of, if not the most delightful movies we will talk about on this podcast. But I don't think it like moves me emotionally in the same way that like those types of scenes, like the basement um, bar room scene of Inglorious yeah. Bastards like stresses me out and it just feels like I don't know that's the power of cinema and the, the power of cinema is also to delight you with like funny foxes doing heists on me yeah men so like the power of cinema is, is so many things but like I think I, I feel it more in Inglorious Bastards than I do here uh, but I adore both of these movies quite a bit I mean, it feels like it's pretty unanimous um yeah. so Let's wrap things up. Um, Chad, you want to tell people where to find you, your new project, yes. and yes. what movie you're looking forward to. Yeah, so you can find me on social media at Chad A. Oliver. You can find my new podcast at L-O-T-R Sentence on Twitter and Instagram. And you that podcast is the Lord of the Rings Sentence, where I'm reading through the Lord of the Rings week by week, one sentence at a time. By the time this episode comes out, there will already be two episodes out. Um, about the first two sentences of the Fellowship of the Ring, which I am contractually obligated to complete. That and the Two Towers and Return of the King. So, what if you die first? Um, he's going to. Uh, oh, what movie? I've disconnected my headphones. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Okay, now I can. Hear I, ha you. So I had asked, "What happens if you die before that podcast ends?" Is like in that contract, hmm. uh, you have a successor. I think Please probably I think probably it would uh it would just mean that all of my um belongings go to the president of that might be cool productions. Um, That's a bad contract. We'll keep you alive. I don't know. Jason's a good dude. I trust him. Um uh, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, but, what uh, in you, uh, the movie I'm looking forward to, there's not really a movie I'm looking forward to in the next couple of weeks to be perfectly honest, but I'll probably watch the Mortal Kombat movie. It looks Hell yeah, you will. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like there's some fun action going on there. We're vac we're getting vaccinated, bitch. We'll go fucking see that in <laughs> well, theaters. I, I will watch I will watch that on HBO Max and I won't burn one of my AMC spell slots on that. But You get 3 a week, you dumb whore. Yeah. <laughs> 
anyway. Still. Mark, where can people find you? You can find me at Watlington, Mark. Um, you can also find me listening to uh, We Need to Talk About Spider-Man. I'm just going to steal that <laughs> plug from Cody. I mean, go for it. I don't care. That's um, I guess you'll have to wait another month or so to find me listening to that podcast. I already listened to the episode. But go, go and subscribe to the new feed. Mm-hmm. Go Which do that is now. surely out by this point. Surely. If not, just once again, Wait go back an episode. It was, yeah. it was, yeah. Uh, but also, it's on this feed. Um, yeah. The movie I am looking forward to. I don't know. I clicked one of the ones that Cody sent me randomly, it's, and it it's was a bad two force. So uh, uh, you're a superhero Mark, movie on. Do Netflix. you know who directed that? You're not excited for it. It's it's been it's been oh. Falcone, Ben Mar- Ben McCarthy. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> Look, I was never going to watch that movie, but if I had to pick one I'm excited about, you know, I'm excited that Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy get to do a movie together. That, that's true. That's fun. Here's the thing. We would all say lizard versus monkey, but that will be out by the time this episode mm-hmm. comes out. So LVS or LVM. Where did the S come from? Oh, it's from BBS. My bad. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. I will be hosting we need to talk about spider-man which has some gorgeous uh cover art that i'm excited for everybody to see you can see also me... a good theme song i was gonna mention theme that as song. well yeah uh mark will be on it at in a couple months um i will be on lord of the Rings sentence probably uh, before again, too long months no nah, that one's that one's sooner yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll in a little bit i'm um, also gonna be on lord of the Rings sentence theoretically yeah. Yeah. eventually eventually we gotta record that episode I, um, I have to read to get there. <laughs> right. Right. The movie I'm excited about, I am cheating and going to a virtual film festival next weekend. So I will be able to see the Sesame Street documentary Street Gang, and we'll also be able to see Mogul Mowgli, which is Riz Ahmed playing a British rapper, um, kind of in a, a mirror of his own life. That, there's going to be like five movies that I'm seeing through that. Um, so I cheated a bit. But yeah, the next two weeks are... a weird fallow period before everything that got pushed back starts coming out like in huge ways. I'm already stressed out about that. I will send you a couple weeks where there are four major blockbusters opening that have already given me panic attacks. Yikes. How are we um, going to and that's why I'm precious with my spell slots on AMC right now. You can't save them up. I'm stocking them up. I'm doing <laughs> you can't. it. I'm doing it. Um all right, so hey, Mark, what's the best movie of two thousand and nine? Um, in Glorious Custards, um, Chad, what is? It's like cuss. No, it's good. It's Custards. good. Yeah, it's good. Um, Chad, what is the best movie of two thousand nine? In Glorious Bastards, uh, Cody, what's the best film of two thousand nine? The best movie of two thousand nine is inglorious bastards thanks everyone for listening and remember i'm going to lose my temper now Next episode, we are watching Princess and the Frog. All you have to do is hop on over to Disney Plus and you can watch that one. Hop, or you hop can on over it. hop on over there like a like a what, Cody? Like a bunny? Well, um, or, or a frog. <laughs>
Oh, um, or you can or, rent or it on princess. Amazon and iTunes, mm. wherever you want to find it. But Disney Plus, um, you should have it. You watched WandaVision. You forgot to cancel. Anyway. Mandalorian. Ben Falcon. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 